Welcome to the Silicon Slopes Life Podcast. I'm Andrew Diaz, and each month I bring you the heartwarming, interesting, and fun stories from the people that make the Silicon Slopes community a place to call home. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Diaz. I'm joined today by Chad Schellebarger. A is a freelance content creator. He has a podcast called Fuel the Fire. And uh, a lot of you might know him from his YouTube channel, Green Light Shooting, where he's got over 80,000 subscribers. Um, that is a huge number in a really short period of time that he's um, he's been building up that, I guess it has, I mean, how long Chad, welcome Chad to the. By the way, to the, the <laughs> podcast. How long have you? Thank been, you for having me, man. How long have you been doing Greenlight? So I've been. I mean, I started Greenlight back at the end of 2014. So it has been a while. It's been almost four years. Uh, but with that being said, I haven't taken it seriously till I don't know, maybe about a year and a half, two years ago. That's what I've. I, you know, I've been a subscriber since you started, and I just. I and normally I consume when whenever. You know, you post something new, and just recently, I and I never look at the subscriber number. And just recently, I was like, "Whoa, he's really broken through." <laughs> I mean, I remember when it was just you know a few thousand people, which is great. I mean, if you think of a few thousand people in an auditorium listening to what you have to say, that's amazing. And then to think eighty thousand plus, I mean, that is that's amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's I mean, it, I don't know, it's weird for me, right? Because in being in the YouTube world, you, you just always kind of compare yourself. So McKinnon got, you know, a million subscribers in under a year. And so you always kind of downplay yourself. But when you really stop and think about it, and like you said, kind of do that perspective shift about actually envisioning each one of those number of subscribers being a person, it really does kind of, I mean, it, it humbles you, you know, it makes you feel good. Well, and so I wanted to ask, how did you get started in, how did you get started becoming a a content creator what what was the spark what compelled you to go you know i'm going to take this path now um i mean that's i i don't know there's, there's been so many things i guess looking back you know in high school i i accidentally got put in a video production class like i didn't sign up for it at all they the guidance counselor put me in it and i ended up really really enjoying it um i was just making dumb little music videos or whatever for school and at that point i kind of found something that not only was I good at, but I also really, really enjoyed. And so I, I convinced my mom and dad to let me go to college for that. And uh, through college, was it was kind of interesting. You know, it was a lot of a, it was like a theory-based school. So I didn't get a ton of hands-on time. But what I did get is uh, good connections. So I met a lot of people that took me a lot of cool places. And then I started really kind of getting into the world of filmmaking. And from there, there was kind of like two different branches of, of ways that filmmakers were going. Number one was the traditional sort of Hollywood filmmaking route, uh, which is, you know, you start as a, as a PA somewhere on set and you work your way up until you're, you know, you're shooting the film or whatever. And then the other side is, is sort of freelance local business kind of thing. And uh, that's just kind of the route I went because I had some friends that, you know, maybe they had a, a restaurant or something and they let me come and shoot a video for them, usually for free. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to say that over the years I've gotten to a point where, you know, uh, people trust me with with some bigger commercials and stuff like that. So when you got started and you were working also, I recall, I, I mean, you were working with other uh, film companies. You were doing um, 
I'm we you and I worked on some sets before. Yeah. Um. So so obviously you were you know you were full time into it. Um. How much time did you have to go from freelance where it was a side gig, and how much time were you were you giving to it when it was was your side gig, and when did you transition over and say, okay, this is going to be my full time. Sure. Um, commitment and then how much time were you giving to it at that point yeah so i mean you know as an adult i've always had a a job and then probably i don't know from i went to college in 2009 or the end of 2008 and then i graduated 2013 2014 2014 i graduated um so that whole time you know i was just making films with friends and and small things like i was saying but i was always working like a pizza hut job delivering pizzas or something like that and then out of college, I got a job doing uh, like marketing and, and kind of content creation for a big company. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and I worked there for about a year. And uh, I actually had a, a, an old friend reach out to me and, and ask if I wanted to go full time into this video thing. And, you know, he was a businessman. He just sold his last business. And he said, look, I'll put up the money. Uh, you quit your job and, you know, we'll, we'll make this a, a, a real thing. And so I took the leap of faith. And that was in... I think 2000, no, that was in 2014. So maybe I graduated 2013. I don't know. But I was, <laughs> it was 2014 <laughs> that I started going full time into, uh, into film. And, and I, it was honestly probably a year and a half of just struggling and eating ramen noodles before, you know, it was, I think it could be considered a business by an outside perspective. <laughs> and, and how many hours now would you say that you put in, uh, a, you know, a week or a month? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's impossible to quantify because as I'm sure, you know, you know, you're kind of self-employed in a way as well. It's just like, you can't really turn it off. You know, I don't wake up at at eight and and work until five and then turn it off and hang with my family. You know, it's, it's just an all the time thing. So I'm lucky to say that, you know, I spend a lot of time with family, but I also work a ton. And and even, you know, if we're out at a movie or something and something gives me an idea, you know, I have to make a note of that. When I get home, I go to work, putting that idea into motion. Yeah. And that's, you know, people say, oh, well, you're working all the time, but it's kind of because it's something you love doing. It almost, it's exciting, isn't it? It's when you get those moments of, you know, four o'clock in the morning and you wake up and go, Ooh, I want to do that. And, and you're up and rolling, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today's Sunday when we're recording this. And I mean, weekends, they don't mean anything to me. You know, it's just another day of the week that, that you work or you right. don't work. But every day you're putting something. Yeah. In. What What are some things that when you started out, you you weren't so great at that you knew you had to sharpen sharpen your sword? Um, like in the filmmaking world or in business or, yeah, or it, YouTube, anywhere you where, where when you were starting the YouTube channel or you were starting to create content, obviously you've come from a background of filmmaking. You, you got your degree, uh, I believe from the university of Utah in the film department. Um, so yeah. you, you probably had a pretty decent acumen of that, but where did you go, man, I really, uh, I, I've got to figure out how to do this better if I'm going to turn this into a business for myself. Gotcha. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, there, there's of course there's a lot of things in the filmmaking world itself that I've I've definitely improved over the years. But the I think the real answer you're looking for here is I had no freaking idea how to run a business. So when I started this business full time, like I mentioned, I had a, I had that partner, and uh, things didn't work out between us for whatever reason, and uh, I ended up buying him out of the company after about a year and a half. And he uh, he ran everything on the business side. You know, he he had hired all the lawyers, all the accountants. He did all the QuickBooks, he did everything on the uh, the logistical side of the company. So when we parted ways, and we didn't re- necessarily part ways uh, amiably, amicably? Am- amicably, What's the word I'm yeah. <laughs> amicably, yeah, we didn't part ways in a, in a good conscience. And so with that being said, he just dropped everything in my lap. I was sitting there with this business that I had no idea how to run, uh, except for, you know, I mean, I could film the stuff, but I had no idea how to invoice. I had no idea how to keep track of those invoices, how to, uh, you know, send out end of year paper forms, nothing. I had no idea what an S corporation was, and that's what I was. Um, and so learning all that was really a, a big trial for me. But once I did learn it, now I feel so much better about my business because at the time, even when he was doing it all, you know, I didn't even feel like I owned a business. I, I felt like I got to film for fun. And now today I feel like I, I really have a, a pretty solid understanding of how everything works in a business and how everything works in my personal business, um, which obviously makes, you know, makes everything you do that much more confident and, and you just feel good about That's it. That's great. And I'm, I'm sure you probably saw too, once you got that under your belt, uh, growth, a lot of growth from there and not just personally, but financially as well, I would imagine. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So one of the things I like to, uh, you know, get an idea of uh, is is how to, fo- you know, whenever you take on a new endeavor, whether it's a sport or or a business, is um, not only knowing how to get in like a point of entry that is easy, but also how to fall. Um, and, and fall can also mean fail. So what are some things that you see people failing at when they become or want to become content creators and um and and then they they either give up or they fail they fall what are some things that that people fail at and then and then also the second part of that would be where do you think that they can fall or fail better to move forward and continue on with with providing good content so it sounds like you're asking this in the realm of, of sort of social media. Is that what you mean? Um, uh, more toward your YouTube channel uh, and, and, and how okay. you create content through your YouTube channel. Um, because I think there's a lot of people out there, um, young people, older people that want to prove, you know, you see the YouTube videos that go up and, and someone say is like, um, you know, here's how you live in a bus down by the river for a year kind of thing. And they'll have three videos and they give up. Um, so gotcha, kind of gotcha. where, where did you go? I mean, and you're going to have those pains when you're doing something new. I'm sure with GL shooting, you were, um, you had times where you're like, man, what do I do next? Or, or where I messed up here. How do I fix that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple things I think that come to mind, the the first one and, and sort of the golden rule with, I think, most uh, successful content creators online is you have to make content that resonates with you personally. The second you stop making stuff that you enjoy and start saying, what 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 do I think that my viewers are going to want to see? Um, it starts to become 
disingenuine. You know, people can see through that. They can see through the fact that you're you're not having fun. You don't care about what you're saying. So my number one tip would be to to care about it and to to make content for yourself. And let me say, with that, you're going to grow slower usually at the at the beginning and what i mean by that is you're making stuff that you enjoy it, it might not resonate with the rest of the world yet um and then once they start seeing it and they start sort of getting into you as a person not not just the content because when you're making content that other people that you think other people want to see they might just see it and, and enjoy it and then and then go off on their other way but when you're making stuff that really makes you happy and they can kind of see that glow from you they're going to not only get attached to the content but get attached to you as well so that way you're going to get you know more loyal subscribers and over time that growth is going to be exponential rather than just uh you know the guys that come for your one video that you think they want to see and then and then move on um so yeah that's the number one thing i would say uh is just make stuff for yourself. Um, the next is is technology and, and the hardware behind it, right? So many people get caught up and I have to have the best of the best to make my videos or to, you know, take my Instagram pictures or whatever. And th the truth of it is like, an iPhone is an incredible tool in today's world. Like, you know, cell phones can give you fantastic quality, anything and everything. You can start a podcast for free with an iPhone and uh, an app that you download. You know what I mean? It's, it's unreal. So, um, just don't get caught up in the hardware. I think so many people start and then they give up because their 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 videos, their whatever, doesn't look like you know the top of the top. And so, content is always king. Um, Okay, yeah, that I, I no, do that. Personally. That that's a great. Uh, so you answered you answered my next question in that answer, which is great, and that is, um, you know, what is the best ways to cut costs starting out, and especially in and I, you know, like I said, there's there's other things you like, um, whether you want to be a a backcountry skier or you want to do your own podcast, there's costs up front, and one of the things that I really like about what you just said there is, especially if you want to be a content creator, is get started and and just grab what you have in front of you. I for myself, uh, and you and I have, I mean, we've known each other for, I guess, five six years now, and yeah, quite and a while. I've wanted to, I've seen you grow, and I'm like, man, I really want to do what he's doing, and I get caught up in the weeds, and I go and buy a a mixer that I have no clue how to use. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's been in my it's been in my closet for for years now. And and finally, I just I grabbed the microphone that I already had in the closet. I grabbed my my cell phone. I I went on and tried to figure out how GarageBand works and just got started because ultimately and, and I and I know it's cliché and everywhere you go online you hear that, but um it it's amazing how empowering it is and you're going to make mistakes and it's going to be um you know you're going to have times where you go oh well that that didn't work there and that's where you figure out well maybe the next step is for me to get a better tool and maybe this tool works better for what i'm trying to do and and it, right and you you figure out where you need those tools though right. because you you figure out where your shortcomings yeah. are Rather than going out and buying all the, you know, a $200 mic and a, all these big fancy things, yeah. and then you never, you, you start using it and you don't know how to use it in the first place. So I, yeah, and you don't know why you right? have it. Well, trust me, I've, I've got a bag full of wires and things, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, For sure. <laughs> uh, and then if I may continue with what I was saying, one last thing that I, I, I really want to harp on about people getting started is is 
when you release a video, when you put a photo on Instagram, whatever it is, and you get eight likes or eight views, it hurts, man. Like <laughs> you put your heart and soul into it. It's something, like I said, that you really enjoyed and, and no one seemingly cares about it. And it's really, really easy to give up at that point. Um, and, and that's where I'd say if, you know, you, you know this, we kind of talked about this at the beginning is, is try and shift your, your perspective. You know, if you get 34 views on a video and you compare it to Casey Neistat getting 2 million views, like it hurts. But if you stop and think, hey man, these 34 people took six minutes out of their day. Like think about 34 people in a room watching you about, you know, caring about what you have to say for six minutes. That's pretty cool. That's pretty empowering. So really just try and and, and change your perspective about, about the numbers. I think, you know, social media has sort of it's it's made us blind to numbers like they don't mean anything anymore right. so really trying to attach a person to those numbers and 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 also back to what i think we talked about in the beginning as well is making sure that you um are coming from a place of um educating teaching and giving and not from a place of this is all about me because i think that's where long term you're going to find more value if if 34 people found value in what you provided to them and educated them in um, that's going to be so much more fulfilling in your life if if you're seeing it from that point of view rather than um, uh, it's all about me and I just want people to see me in my brand new you know whatever uh, shirt that I bought whatever the case may be (laughs) and yeah they're going to stick around and and to that point one of the things that I've noticed the most about social media is uh the biggest channels to me are are people that they're they're one of two people. They're either people that you want to be friends with or they're people that like you want to be. And if you can somehow mix those two things, that's where the gold mine is. I mean, so many people watch Peter McKinnon or whatever, you know, he's he's gigantic. He was the one of the fastest growing YouTubers last year. And number one, he's a really cool dude. He lives a really fun life, but he's a really nice guy too. So you want to be friends with him. Every time you watch a video, you feel like you're hanging out with a buddy. And then number two, because he lives that cool life, because his photography is so dope, because everything he does, you wanna be, you wanna be doing that kind of coalesces into this this thing that you just you can't stop watching. Uh, on top of that, he adds fantastic value into how he does things, into how he got to where he is, and uh, I think that's one of the biggest reasons he is where he is today. Well, and that that takes me to my next part, which is I want to talk a little bit about GL shooting, um, green light shooting on YouTube. That's one of the things that really keeps me watching your channel is. I, you are an enjoyable person to watch. And one of the things that I love about your channel is speaks to me as a gun owner who is not your typical gun owner. Like I grew up in, I grew up not around hunting. Um, I grew up in a city where if you owned a gun, you were a gang member. And so I never, not until, uh, I, I met you that I started to really go, you know, let me look deeper into this. And your voice about, uh, it's a very non-political voice about guns and gun ownership and the best, um, you know, uh, accessories you can get. And, and you think through them as a, as a responsible gun owner. And it's, it's one of those channels that you, I share with friends that are, you know, back in California that are living in the liberal bubble of San Francisco where I'm like, Hey, take a look at this guy because you are one of those people that you do want to watch more you do want to hang out with and you kind of want to be a part of 
uh, of, of that uh, conversation. And um, that's one of the things about your, your YouTube channel that I find really, really intriguing. Well, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. And, and that was kind of an intentional thing going in. I mean, I saw so many, first of all, I wanted to learn about guns. This was five years ago when I started it. There was no information on guns online that wasn't intimidating, that you didn't feel like people were talking down to you about. It's either these right wing gun nuts that are, you know, like, like I said, intimidating, or it's the political side of either guns are good or guns are bad. And uh, I just, I wanted to just learn about them because I wanted to go and see if I could hit a target at a hundred yards out there. I thought that sounded fun. I wanted the sport of it. I wanted the bonding of it. You know, when you go out with a buddy and, and it's just, it's just a fun thing to do. So I saw that opening and, uh, you know, I knew I had sort of the, the guy next door approachable personality. Uh, and so I made content that I wanted to see. I, I went out there, I learned something about a gun, and then I just turned around and made a video on it to share it with other people that maybe wanted to learn what I wanted to learn, but in a much more approachable way. And then from that point, one of the really great things that you did is you built up this community following you on the YouTube channel. And, and you did something that I thought was genius that probably came really natural to you. Um, which was you saw another gap that there wasn't clothing that was very friendly for uh, an average build human being for concealed carry. And, and you, yeah. you literally created a shirt. Like you didn't just go and buy, you just, just go to a company and say, Hey, can I get a shirt? That's a little longer. Like talk about that a little bit, how you created your, uh, uh, your clothing line. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing new. I would watch a lot of other YouTubers specifically in the fitness industry and, uh, you know, they were all kind of creating their own clothes and they were doing the same thing. They were, you know, actually custom tailoring everything, getting a specific measurement, specific material. And, uh, you know, they were really, number one, they were doing well for themselves financially, but number two, they were providing a new style of fit and a new kind of culture, uh, in the fitness world. And, and I said, there isn't any of that in the gun world. The gun world is is either loud in your face, you know, big American flags and don't tread on me shirts. Uh, and or they're like, you know, they're specific Glock or something like that. And they're made for, let's say, the the larger human being. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for, for someone like me who's and especially whereas my channel is a little bit more tailored towards honestly millennials, it's, it's sort of tailored toward ushering a new generation of shooters into the shooting community uh, without the whole kind of, I don't know, like I said, political undertone or, or just uh, condescending undertone. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create something that would fit in today's younger generation who are getting into guns, uh, but that also sort of, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that there's a, sort of a wave of, of healthier eating, of, of going to the gym more often and stuff like that. So I wanted to create clothing that, that fit those kind of people, that, that fit those kind of body types and mindsets, but also that catered towards concealed carry. And I also wanted it to feel still like a tactical shirt. And when you hear tactical, you know, you don't think loud American flags in your face. You don't, you know, you don't want to give away that you have a concealed carry gun. So we make things that are very understated that look like a, you know, a normal, nice t-shirt with a nice logo. Uh, and then they just happen to be tailored in a way that, uh, that accentuates your, your physique, you know, they're meant to fit tight up on your shoulders and on your chest, but then they kind of get a little bit looser through your waist and they run a little bit longer in order to, uh, help out with that concealed carry. Yeah. And they, they look really cool. And if you go on your YouTube channel, you do a great job of kind of, um, going through and breaking down, um, what you went through in the development process. It was really fun to follow that along. 
Uh, are you? Do you have any other any other uh, attire that you're coming out with in in the future, or just gonna keep doing the shirts? What's what's on the what's on the horizon for for Chad there? Sure, yeah, uh, shirts and hoodies right now, primarily because other things are a little too expensive for us. <laughs> uh, but we've got hoodies landing tomorrow that we're really excited about. They're launching just in time for Christmas. And one of the cool things about you know having this YouTube channel built or having you know a social following in general is I have you know like you said eighty thousand plus subscribers who are willingly subscribed to my channel. They don't have to be there. And then when I launch something. First of all, they, they believe in what I launch because, like I said, they're willingly there. I'm telling them why this thing is better than, you know, what else is out there. And then I, I ordered 100 hoodies, and I can just about guarantee they're going to be gone the day that I launch them because, you know, I have that social following there. So it's, it's a sound business model as well as, I think, a sound product. Dude, that's great to hear, and I'm excited for tomorrow. That's uh, I'll have to follow along and see how that goes, and... Uh, since this probably won't drop in time for uh, the Christmas season, hopefully uh, in the spring you'll have still have some left. Another another group coming out for people who might want to jump in and and get on board with that. Yeah, yeah, we try to restock every couple months, anyways. So where can where can people find you and find your content and follow you? Yeah, so uh, Green Light Shooting is, is on YouTube. Um, Instagram is GL Shooting. My personal Instagram is at Chad Shell DP. Um, my company Instagram is Dojo Built. That's my company in general. I actually don't have a website for Dojo Built, which is weird and it throws a lot of people off. I'd love to get a, a website at some point, but to be honest, I'm doing sort of enough work uh, based on referral that you know I'm I'm afraid that once I start marketing it, I'm going to get overloaded a little bit and and start having to hire people and expand, and uh, that might be a long-term goal. But for right now, I'm I'm really enjoying just kind of you know taking my time and and. Uh, putting my all into each one of these jobs instead of having to sort of, uh, you know, spread myself a little thin. Man, that is a great message for people out there that feel like they have to go out and have the website rocking and rolling before they sell anything. Like, that's yeah. really great that you're like, yeah, you know, I could probably do this, but I'm not ready for it yet. And I think that's another great lesson for people is uh, that are wanting to get into being uh, having their own content-based businesses is you know, one step at a time that you're comfortable growing into. Uh, you don't don't have to be day one, um, you know, rocking and rolling with with the entire uh, myriad of websites and all of that stuff. So that's good. Yeah, man. And I think it's it's sort of a it's a traditional mindset that well, <laughs> I guess it's a it's a newly traditional mindset that you have to have a website for a business. And and I think 99% of the time that's true. But just because that's the traditional way of thinking. You know, it doesn't mean you have to follow that. One of my very favorite things in today's world is that what you go to college for doesn't have to be your job. Like your job might not be invented yet. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's a way to to carve your own path. Like uh, you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer anymore. There's a way to become a, a content creator, an influencer, whatever, and create this whatever you're passionate about, you can create a, a career out of, especially with the reach that, that social media and, and just the internet in general provides for people today. That's awesome. And on that, let's go ahead and finish up. And thank you very much, Chad, for, for joining me today. And, and I appreciate your friendship and your time here. And uh, I hope everybody reaches out and starts following you and, and pays attention to what you're bringing to the world because it's really awesome. Thanks, brother. It was, a, it was a pleasure being here, and I hope nothing but the best for this podcast. All right. Thanks, man. 
For any questions or comments on the podcast, please email me at andrew at siliconslopeslife.com. Also, if there's somebody you know that I should interview for the podcast, please email me and let me know.